When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So much happened on this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. At one point during the show, I did this. That's right, I'm a very, very odd man, but I had so much excitement in my veins. I was like, I've just got to go run around. And as always, my neighbours will have saw me and they'll pop around later and they'll be like, Simon, we don't want you to live here anymore. But thankfully, they have no jurisdiction in my house. They can't do squib. And hello, my name is Simon from What Culture. And we did just have the latest episode of AEW Dynamite. And all Elite Wrestling basically went, would you like some surprises? Well, here's a bunch of them. Let's up those doubts. Right, so I'm going to hijack the show straight away, much to the annoyance of that one guy on Reddit. But there were two signs on AEW Dynamite asking for an up. Two, one of which even referenced the finger of power. So he's having a terrific day. Seriously, though, thank you from the bottom of my tum-tum. Thank you from the bottom of my tootsie toes. You really do make this bull guy feel pretty good. And also, I love the community that we have built for ourselves. And as always, if you ask me, I will do whatever the hell you want. And it is getting it up. And AEW then went full on sports entertainment, you damn right. But given the plans we had for the rest of the evening, we went full on MJF celebration here, and it absolutely rocked. I mean, Wardlow was the first guy out, and he was carrying these cardboard cutouts of Maxwell Jacob Friedman, and then FTR was here, and Sean Spears arrived when MJF made his entrance. And I'm not kidding you. This mother Hubbard was on a throne. He also had announcer Justin Roberts say that he enjoys having a sex with as many female fans as possible. I mean, that was said far more disparagingly than that, but I ain't letting those words come out of my mouth. And then when he was in the ring, he just made out with this lady. And you sat there and you were like, man, MJF, I hope someone punches you right in the face. He is so damn good. He then, of course, let us know that he had beaten CM Punk twice in his hometown of Chicago. And just when it looked like he was going to say, oh, Wardlow, thank you so much for helping me. He dropped a completely different name and he thanked Sean Spears instead. And the whole time, Wardlow had this look on his face like, man, maybe I should just rip everybody's heads off. When he turns, it's going to be great. He's got a new T-shirt ripping on CM Punk too and also let us know that now his plans are to go after the AEW World Championship. And of 
of course, it was here when CM Punk came out to make his feelings known. And you were all like, oh, well, thank goodness our hero is here. Because again, someone needs to shut this guy up. He ripped on MJF's tan, which for some reason is always funny, but it also brought back up in the form of Sting and Darby Allen. And he made this very clear. He said, listen to me, Maxwell. I want to take on Wardlow. Let's face it, it was him that beat me last week. So now I got to get my revenge. The long and the short of it was that Maxwell was like, look, don't worry about that guy. You worry about me. And here's the deal. You go find yourself a tag team partner that isn't Sting or Darby Allen. You guys take on FTR, and if you beat them then, but only then, we can go again. So what an absolutely setup this was. Once again, we are just featuring multiple storylines, but we also keep inserting more guys to go after the AEW World title, and the more you do that, the more important it feels. It is getting it up. However, yes, Punk did interrupt him. Fair play to that guy, because he came out to no music, which for some reason made it more impactful. But that is 17 interruptions in AEW and 55 overall. I love wrestling tropes. And then Andrade was here. And speaking of love, my word, do I love this man. Because as ever, he just does not understand the relationship between Sting and Darby Allen. So even though they were right there, he said to Sting, listen, I want to hire that kid. And Sting was like, look, for goodness sake, he's right there. He's a human being. Just talk to him. Darby had no time for this, though, as he wouldn't do. He must be fed up of it. And basically what we got here was Allen saying he wants to go for the TNT title. And Andrade also saying he'd like that champion. So colour me intrigued. I'm fascinated to see where this is going to go. And also Andrade, he have an absolutely brilliant 2022. The Blade was then back on AEW. And I thought this was awesome because it's always good to see him and know that his shop is doing really well. And that is based on absolutely nothing because I have no idea how his butcher business is doing. Although things went pretty bad here he had to face Wardlow. Now, if I were the Blade, what I would have done is I would have gone, hey, Wardlow, do you want a discount on some meat and try and get all buddy-buddy with him? But instead, he jumped Wardlow before the bell, and you want to know how that ended with Wardlow grabbing him, giving him four power bombs and beating him in the middle of the ring. George Spears then whacked the Blade with a chair afterwards because he is a piece of trash, and as ever, Wardlow had that facial expression like, man, I am just going to burst on the inside. I know I've said it once, but I'll say it twice. This slow build is fantastic. Fantastic. And when he does go, ha I'm a baby face now, the reaction is going to be awesome. But then had this video with Penta and Alex Abrahantes as they said, look, we don't like Malachi Black. And I was like, yeah, of course you don't. He's tried to kill you recently when it was time for more sports entertainment. Because it was the segment with Santana and Ortiz that I will level with you. I was massively interested in this because I didn't know on what path we were going to walk down. And really, as long as by the end of it, we had taken Santana and Ortiz and started a big push, I was going to be happy. That's exactly what we did. Because it started with Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Jake Hagar coming to the ring. And Jericho's all like, look, I told you that everybody had to be here, but we haven't seen Santana and Ortiz all day. That's because they were waiting for this moment to cause the interruption. Bring it down. It rolls up to 18 in AEW and 56 overall. But I'm pretty sure Santana and Ortiz had new music here. So I was like, well, what's up with this? Chris right away wanted to know why a couple of weeks ago they didn't tag him in. And Santana was like, oh, yeah, you want some answers? Well, I'll give them to you. Because he was basically like the inner circle was just for you, Mr. Jericho. It never helped us. And in fact, if we never had joined, we probably would have been tag team champions instead of covering for your ass. I'm not really sure what AEW wants me to feel here. But I was like, Santana and Ortiz, you damn right. You go out there and take over the world and I will support you. It does sound like they're staying good, guys, because they said the only reason they were able to carry this on was because of the fans. And I was like, you're very welcome, Mr. Santana. 
and Ortiz. And Santana also let us know that it wasn't for Ortiz, who I guess kind of likes Chris Jericho. He would have punched him in the face ages ago. Ooh, the lally. We then up the ante on this instantly because Jericho was like, oh yeah, well maybe I shouldn't have recruited you anyway because you're the weak members of LAX. This is when Sammy Guevara tried to get involved. Chris Jericho told him to shut up. So Sam was like, look, I'm the TNT champ. I don't need this. And he walked off. This really was like your family breaking down at Christmas over the roast potatoes. You put too much all on them, you stupid idiot. And by the end of it, we do have a match booked, which is Santana and Ortiz taking on Chris Jericho and Jake Cargar. And seriously, what we should do here is we should turn Chris Jericho back into the super duper mega heel. It just feels like it's time. So this really was spot on. And if nothing else, it's just good storytelling. Is it going to go left? Is it going to go right? Is it going to go up? Is it going to go down? Don't worry about those last two, but it is getting it up. We then find out we're finally going to get our Rapongi Vice versus the Unguck match on this week's episode of Rampage. When somebody got interested in furniture, it's not really furniture at all, but the point is, we opened the forbidden door. Because as Matt and Nick Jackson, Adam Cole found Trent and Rocky Romero outside, they beat the absolute flubble sticks out of them when a shadowy figure walked into frame and you could tell who this was instantly. It was Jay Flippin' White. I won't lie, I made a lot of noise, but this was the best debut in AEW ever. Jay White just walked in like, yeah, of course I'm on AEW. What are you going to do about it? He was the most casual man ever. He also picked up Trent and hurled him right into the production truck as the Young Bucks looked on like, well, we didn't know about this. Honestly, I'm really enjoying how AEW just debuts people in completely random ways. You could have had the big entrance with the music, but no, he's just strutting in. My word, this worked for his character, and it's getting it up. I was also just having such a good time by this point, and then we got to the next segment, and we took my excited gland, and we turned it up to 9,000, and I basically collapsed. Because it was time for our Face of the Revolution qualifying match against Isaiah Cassidy. And obviously for ages, people have been like, who's it going to be? Who's it not going to be? And even though it turned out to be the most common guess, it was executed so well, this was still tremendous. Because as soon as Cassidy was in the ring and probably said he wanted to pound some ass because he enjoys saying that so much, we got some brand new music. A brand new Titantron started to play and out came Keith Lee and everybody lost their minds. Keith also looked genuinely elated, which is one of my favorite things in wrestling. So I'm like, oh man, he's so happy, which makes me happy. The first thing he did was he grabbed Isaiah Cassidy and he threw him so high and so far, I actually went, is he gonna come back down to earth or has he gotta go live on the moon now? Seriously, you need to go and watch this because it's hilariously bonkers. And for the rest of the match, it was just Keith Lee flying around the place like he doesn't weigh 300 pounds or whatever it is. He makes absolutely no sense and he just defies gravity. He also hit this wonderful pounce as only Keith could. And at this point, Matt Hardy was like, you know what, I'm done with you, private party. And he left. Now, shout out to the commentators who said, well, this is kind of erratic behavior. And if you know, you know. And if you don't know, don't worry about it. But surely we're also planting the seeds for the Hardy boys to return and Jeff Hardy to come up in AEW. I'm not going to be able to handle this because I'm too much of a nerd. This is pretty much a massive destruction for Keith Lee as well, although Isaiah Cassidy did get a few lumps in there. But eventually, he basically caught this poor man. He gave him the ground zero. Keith Lee gets his first win in All Elite Wrestling. And now he's going to the pay-per-view. Another great part was that Keith Lee came across like such a star here which is baffling because he wasn't wearing a singlet and nobody called him Bearcat. <laughs> That's 
just a joke. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have said it. Goodbye, my mentions. You also had this great bit afterwards where Private Party were jumping over the top rope to try and take Keith Lee down, but he caught them in midair and powerbombed one onto the other. And honestly, I don't think you could have done this any better, and I cannot wait to see where it goes. It doesn't just get the up. It gets the golden up. We were then told we are going to get Mercedes Martinez versus Thunder Rosa in a no DQ match soon, which makes sense because, of course, the last one ended in disqualification. Before AEW was like, hey, do you want another surprise? I was like, yes, please. I've become very selfish. Because FTR was back out to see who CM Punk had found for his tag team partner, and it was John Moxley. I mean, the reaction to this, you would have thought the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man had come out and said, oh, I'll team with you, CM Punk which is another debut I'd like to see. But this was such a good contest. Up. It also told a really good story because, of course, Cash and Dax are the more common team, so they use that to get the advantage early on. But sooner rather than later, Punk and Moxie started to fight back. This is when the heels started to cause a distraction. This is when the heels started to work on CM Punk's leg. They were just taking Wrestling 101 and sewing up into a nice little package. It meant Punk had to get the tag to John, who went bonkers as only he can. And at one point, Punk tried to springboard onto FDR. They caught him, which is when Mox went, all right, fine, and he dove onto everybody. This episode of AEW Dynamite was fire. Cash and Dax then threw Moxie through the timekeeper's table as the announcers went, well, out of everybody on the AEW roster, he's probably the last guy that wants to go through some wood. I was like, I don't know what that means. But this led to another great near fall as Moxie only got back in the ring at like 9.999. And even though he was desperately trying to get the tag to punk, he couldn't because FTR kept cutting him off. Of course, eventually he did get the hot tag. And one of the first things that Punk and Moxley did was hit the Doomsday device. I was like, the Doomsday device? You could just tell they were having all the fun in the world. And as always, when wrestlers are having fun, it comes out of the TV, it hits you right in the skull, and you start having fun too. And apparently wiggling your arms around like a conductor. They also bit on a load of near falls because I am a massive geek. And at one point, FTR even hit the big rig on CM Punk. And admittedly, this was kind of screwed up a little bit because John Moxley was in the ring to break it up way too early. But who cares about that when everything else was pretty much perfect? Eventually, Tully Blanchard got in there because he could see where this was going and he got hit with the GTS. And that guy does not need to take it. When Punk and Moxley hit another GTS and the Paradigm Shift onto FTR, and not only did they get the win, but now CM Punk can go on and fight MJF for the second time. I'm just giving it a round of applause. This was really, really entertaining. AQA was then on Dynamite. And I'll be completely honest with you, I will hold my hands up. I didn't know much about her other than the fact that she had been trained by Booker T. But she was here and she was taking on Jay Gargill in the TBS Open Challenge World Title Match, whatever the hell you want to call it. And I am giving it an up. And that's because it did exactly what it had to do. Like AQA or Aqua, as I'm going to call her, just had to have a good showcase. And she did. And the best thing about Jade Cargill, as she does go on this undefeated streak, is that you see her getting better week in, week out. It doesn't even matter at this point. But being a wrestler myself and knowing how hard wrestling is... Well, it's just delightful to witness. We kept things simple too because Cargill get using her power whereas Aqua used her speed and at one point she hit this shooting star press that was flubbing brilliant and she also proved to be a smart wrestler kind of I mean it didn't work out because she tried one and she only got two so she was like well if that's the best thing by Arsenal why don't I go for another one and yeah like I say she wasn't able to hit that but I appreciated the effort. She did try crossbody later on and Jade just grabbed her, gave her a slam and then hit her with the Jade to retain her championship. But look, now I want to see what's going to happen next with Jade Gargill and if Aqua AQA comes back, 
I will be totally cool with that. The Young Bucks and Adam Cole were then backstage and Matt and Nick made it very clear why you bring in Jay White, Adam Cole, you didn't tell us and also Kenny Omega, when he hears about this, he's not going to be pleased at all. And also tied in the Bullet Club as Adam Cole reminded them, well, when you are Bullet Club, you're Bullet Club for life. And you know how this is going to end. It's going to end with the Bucks and Omega taking on Adam Cole and all his guys. And I'm sorry, those matches are going to be ridiculous. Serena Deeb also then reminded us, oh, hi, I'm one of the best in the world right now. Because she has now started her five-minute rookie challenge or whatever she called it. And while this is just a fun way to spin squash matches, I don't care. Because Serena Deeb comes out, she cuts a promo, she looks so damn arrogant, and I'm like, man, all this working so well. She was taking on Katie Arquette, and of course, this only lasted about 45 seconds when she applied this weird octopus submission hold thingamajig. But she can keep doing this week in, week out, then eventually she'll have a real test. That can then go into a feud. And honestly, before the end of this year, she should be AEW Women's Champion. I mean it. I then remembered that we did have a main event and that our AEW World title was on the line. I mean, just so much happened. Well, I may have forgotten. It was also Hangman Adam Page versus Lance Archer in a Texas death match. What they did is they looked through the card and they went, oh man, it does say Texas death match. We better live up to that. Flub me, they did. They can say whatever you want about blood and guts, but I'm sorry, if you know this is the stipulation and they sit down and just play a game of chess, you are going to be massively disappointed. And these two guys didn't even make it to the ring. I presume they saw each other backstage. I was like, oh yeah, I don't like you. And not only did they start to kick each other's ass, but Hangman and a page threw Lance Archer through some glass around the entranceway. That happened in around about the first 10 seconds. The cowboy then got thumped by a trash can lid as he tried to dive through the ropes. And at this point, Dan Lambert was like, well, I've got an idea. I know what I could do. If I dismantle the ring, the hangman won't be able to do his buckshot lariat. So he went and took off the flipping top rope. Page eventually fought his way back into this and tried to use a kendo stick on Lance Archer's head. But that was the equivalent of kissing some ice cream. It didn't achieve anything. And then seriously, Lance Archer set up Simba the Steel Steps at the outside part of the ring, what I'm talking about, the outside area, and he hit the blackout from the apron onto those steps, and I actually went, well, that's it. Hangman Adam Page is dead. He bounced off those things like a ball, and he went careering into Rita the ring post. That was insane. Do not forget, too, that in a Texas death match, there's only two ways to win by submission or not being able to answer a 10 count because you've been knocked out, and it's this one what we built to a finish. Because after Hangman Adam Page had got some barbed wire and wrapped it around his fist and punched Lance right in the face, he threw it on the floor. So the referee was like, oh, well, I better go get rid of that. It's dangerous. And when his back was bent over, Hangman Adam Page, listen to me, I'm dying, did the buckshot lariat off his back. He hit Lance Archer. Archer went crashing through two tables. The Hangman was only just able to make it back to his feet, but he did retain his title. We doing more round of applauses. This was absolutely nuts. You absolutely need to go and watch this if you are into violent matches. And we had story at the end of it because Adam Cole came out. He gave the belt to Hangman Adam Page. This is our brand new world title feud. And that is going to be so good. I don't even care. And it is getting it up. Which brings us to the end of another AEW Dynamite. And seriously, I know some people get so mad. I don't care. If I'm sat there on my ass, on my couch watching wrestling, and I have this good a time, I'm going to come on here and I'm going to rave about it because I love wrestling. I don't care what three initials are above the marquee. Just give it to me like this all of the time and it's giving it up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.